welcome to another episode of Out of Character. With me, as always, is Cotton. Hello, Cotton. Hello, Jupiter. Good evening, everybody. Yeah. Do you want to tell everybody what we're going to talk about? This is a topic you chose. You you seemed impassioned. This is a uh, pretty cool. I'm I'm still processing it. So what what's happening is first the Critical Role people they are saying Avida uh, Zay to D and D. I know. I know. Cue the well, gasp uh, noise. <laughs> everything I I did my research and there's no like definitive word if they're really gonna leave D and D behind and just go their own way, or if they'll still continue a D and D game but have other offerings using the other system. Fair enough. And I I don't watch Critical Role, so it either. could be that. I don't know. It, it feels. It feels like they're going a certain way. So, so first oh, there's a does. great uh, there's a great clip on the internet, and I, mm-hmm. if I was a good host, I'd link it. Where an <laughs> awesome interviewer happens to ask them before they've ever announced any of this shit, "Hey, have you guys ever thought of making a system?" Right? Mm-hmm. And I believe it's his wife is with him. She's a player in the game, and she and she's not good at crime. She just like hard stares this guy like, "Oh fuck, do we need to like <laughs> do we need to break out the back?" Do we need to go? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that would be cool, wouldn't it? Like he, but he he sells it like he's cool, and like he's like, well, yeah, that would be a really cool thing if we were to ever like have like I don't know like a group of people dedicated to solely that particular thing. That would be pretty cool. And the way he's saying it, it sounds like that it's that it, it's a thing he's not thought of till now. Not that he's describing exactly what's probably currently happening that they have yeah. indeed. He just didn't want to announce mm-hmm. it at that moment. Uh, yeah, I think I, I watched that same <laughs> clip, and yes, they they did a good job of deflecting the question, for the most part, of not just you know saying yes or no. They just kind of did a, the evasive answer of, "Oh, that would be cool." You know. Yep. So so Which, just for future yeah. journalists out there, ask a follow up so you don't have any <laughs> such plans currently. Well, you got you got I mm, stick it to them. Uh, <laughs> 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 so I looked it up. They have a cool trailer. I encourage everyone to watch it. And there's a second video where they kind of go over a quick start of the of the vibe of the game and its place mm-hmm. and how you play it. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. There was a game I played at Gen Con. God, I can't remember it. Where you checked off boxes of things about what your character had. I Blades in the it, Dark? Well, this is now this is very Blades this in the Dark. This is very Blades yeah, in the Dark. Yeah, it's very. I, I uh, also, what is, like, what is this? We haven't mentioned the name yet. It was Candela Obscura. Okay, the game. Candela Obscura. Now, in okay. since I said that, so the game is Candela Obscura. Mm. That's the name of this game. That's the name of their show, right? Yeah. It is powered by the system they have created called Illuminated Worlds. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. As we're talking about this, you need to keep in mind that everything we're saying mechanically is is their generic system, and it is very, very Blades in the Darky. Yeah, it's very Blades in the Darky. And there was some game mm-hmm. I played, and I want to say it was some weird game that I think Oz got me into, where you played this, like, chicken. Like, the chickens were evil. There's something with chickens. Like, the world's about... Uh, it's all about... I don't know if that's all I can remember. He'll know what it is. But the, in that game, you choose <laughs> abilities of your character. Like, you have a character... And depending on what type you have, there's like five or six abilities, and you check one, you know, one here and one there. I think my guy could like he could like eat a Dorito and could like or something. He could like get forensic information from it. It was like it was like crunch or munch, whatever it was. Uh, 
So anyway, yeah, this is Blaze in the Dark. This is very Blaze in the Darky. Uh, let's start with it, right? You want to just get into the any, any, any more preamble we need to get, or you want to get right into the nitty gritty of it? Maybe I'm the all setting. about the preamble, but I'll let you get into it, the nitty gritty and the mechanics, because I know that's what you'd like to talk about. And I would just like to talk about uh, the marketing, branding, and business uh, strategy of this. What about the setting? It is set. Oh. So they, they've chosen mm-hmm. a setting, which I think you would like, and frankly, mm-hmm. I like. It's an interesting segue of settings that Jupiter and God like. So one, it's very Cthulhu-y, okay? Yeah. It's very – it's set in that kind of time – it is set. It is a fantasy world. This is not set in the United States or planet Earth. It's it's a different fantasy world entirely. But they set the year in their world at 1907, and it feels very much like the United States in 1907. Uh, that's the that's where the tech is. level is. Okay, the tech level is 1907, turn of the century, 1900s, United States. Slightly like getting industrial, mm-hmm. but still very much not. Ultimately, heavy industry, right? Like, like, like a little bit of it. You, you're, you're, you're turning the corner. The uh, culture, however, is set a little later, like post 1920s. There was a great war in this world. It's mentioned there's a great war. People are getting over it. There's uh, debauchery, and that's that's what happened. Like there was a great war. It was very sad. And then, you know, the the roaring 20s came. People want to party. They've taken the tech of the 1900s and then put the culture of the 1920s. And made that their world. So when you have the 1920s and you have that tech level, you're not – you really – you square up well with the Cthulhu world, right? You have cities. You have tech industry. But there's still like – you know, there be dragons out there. The world – you know, once you get outside the city lights, there's there's not lights anymore. You know, there is not rural electrification. It drops off quick. There's creepy woods. There's places, uh, like the game calls uh, places where the magic is, where the, the barrier between our world and the magic world is called thinnings, like areas where things slip through. is a very common trope, I believe, you know. There's certain places where the, the stuff slips through, and there's evil, dark. Very Cthulhu-looking creatures in the sketches that I saw in the trailer, right? Yes, it did give me the same uh, Cthulhu feel, and I think they're describing this as a system that is good for one-shots, short story arcs, not long campaigns, which just, in my mind, read, that's Cthulhu. Yeah, uh, I I was reading the book that they have. The idea is you have players go out on assignments, and each assignment should be one to three play sessions. So very one-shotty. They're not saying it's only one-shot, but that that line is clearly indicative of a one-shot vibe. Um, but again, I mean, it, it's I can see it being a campaign, but the way the the, the player progression works, we'll see. I, I don't know how much progression there is, and that again tends to lend itself to one-shots. So what I got from my research, there is the the this one, and then there's also Dragon. Dragonheart? I think it was Daggerheart, wasn't it? Daggerheart. Daggerheart. And that one is for your campaigns, and it focuses on character progression. So to me, because they specifically said this is short arc, this is long campaign, to me, the the I'm going to just call it CO. CO is... Um, it seems like it's not really focused on 
progressing your character. It's just it's just a quick, fun little two, three sessions, you're out. That's what I that was my take from it. Because ah. they had because they specifically mentioned Daggerheart focused on character progression, to me that signaled this other one does not. I could not find much about Daggerheart. It's like coming soon. I don't know what source you had. I I was like deep diving Candela Obscura. Oh, no, I was deep diving this whole thing. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You'll, you'll be carrying the second half of today's podcast. <laughs> it just, I, I Google it, it's like coming soon. There's no trailer. Like, what the, I don't know what the yeah. fuck you found. You must have done some hacks for it. I don't know. I find Google things. Foo is strong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in Candela Obscura, so we have the setting. The mechanics are extremely blade in the dark. They're not, they're not the same. And frankly, I, I like this world more. I didn't like the closed-in world of Blades in the Dark. And some of some of it felt a little a little more complicated than this, but I'll go ahead and get into it. There is a quick start guide. Mm-hmm. I highly suggest it. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So first, you only need D6s. Kinda. We'll get to that. You, you need uh, yeah, you need D6s. It's a, it's a D6 dice pool game. Which I love. I love mm-hmm. the six-sided mm-hmm. die. I'm a fan of it. I think it's yeah. great. So that's that's a that's a check mark. That's a plus one from me. A D six or a, a six is a, is a unqualified success. You fucking did the goddamn thing. Good job. Four and five. That's a limited success. Blades in the dark scoreboard one. Right. We have limited successes. It's it's, well, it's called a I mixed success. Was, yeah, you succeed, but, but yeah, you, you succeed, suffer but. some kind of consequence, which is totally. Blades in the blades in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. And then there is the three and lower. You you, you fail. Get wrecked. GG. So. Get wrecked. <laughs> yeah. Now there is that you, you do need an odd D6 that's not similar to your other D6s. This is called the gilded die. We'll get to that in a moment. But just heads yeah. up, if you want to show up with the with the completely uniform uh, D6 set, you will need the one odd. <laughs> you the will one need weird two D6, D6 sets. Yes. You know, be on the lookout for Critical Role's new line of D6s where the container has one odd one. Yep. No. <laughs> I know. Uh, you joke. I guarantee, I guarantee you. It'll be a set of six die and one will be weird. Uh-huh. 100%. So there, there's that. Now, when you play the game, we don't have raising class. We have uh, role and specialty, which is class and subclass. So... That's not crazy. That's fine. Uh, a lot of good systems are based on, you know, t- two two variables, right? It gives you a lot of ways to to mix and match or to come up with stuff. But this is only really eight total subclasses. Each class has only two subclasses. So you're a face, muscle, mm-hmm. scholar, slink, or weird. And mm-hmm. of those, it's face has journalist and magician. Muscle has soldier and explorer, scholar, professor, and doctor. Slink has criminal and detective, and our weird has medium and occultist. So there are basically eight characters uh, mm-hmm. in terms of the, their bones. I, I think you can choose some of the like, how many dots you put. Generally speaking, somewhere I think it's enough for now. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Oh, and uh, Lil said that it's only two for now, so it may expand. And he said the name of the game I could not remember is called Chew. Aha! So it does. It just kind of crib from the game chew a little bit. Anyway, so you've got these eight different characters for now, and each of them 
when you look at the character sheet, let me pull this up so I can halfway describe it and know what I'm talking about. Open it up, pre-gen. Hi, so I'm looking at the Slink with a specialty of criminal, right? So this is the Slink criminal uh, role and specialty, okay? On the left, and the whole character sheet is horizontal. And so it's 8 by 11, but it's like, uh, was it landscape view? Yes, uh, that, that's referred to as landscape, not horizontal. We okay. got there. And, uh, <laughs> we got there. <laughs> And it's, and it's divided from there into into uh, vertical thirds. So mm -hmm. the left third, well, the top bit as well, but that's your good old-fashioned, like, name. Mm -hmm. uh, pronouns are on there. We have pronouns. And we have circle, style, catalyst, question, circles, name of your party. Uh, style is whatever it is. And then the catalyst and question, again, very standard stuff. Catalyst is what got you into this secret society. Because that mm -hmm. is what the Candela Obscura physically is. There is a secret mm -hmm. society called the Candela Obscura. And you are joining them for some reason and because of some event. So a thing happened. That's your catalyst. And the question is what you're trying to find out. They may be directly related. They may not. It might be, you know, my father was killed. And my question is, who killed my father? Okay, great. Doesn't have to be. Up to you. Anyway, back to our third. So once you get that done, the left third is divided into nerve, cunning, and intuition. Now, nerve to me is mental. This means physical, oddly enough. I don't know why, but it do. I, I thought that was not a choice. What did, what did you think of that? Why does it seem odd? Your nerve, your gumption, your moxie. Because that's not because the the sub the actions under mm -hmm. that particular drive. Okay, there's three drives: mm -hmm. nerve, cunning, intuition. Nerve is all physical. It's move, strike, and control. It has three actions each of the three drives has three actions so that's it all those skills you have in D, &D and all of the uh i mm -hmm. dash and uh, i do a full defend action and i want to do a shove nope you have nine there are nine buttons in this whole goddamn game okay get nine mm -hmm. <laughs> you have move strike and control they are under nerve which i yeah. does not feel as physical to me when i think if i'm going to strike someone I mean, you may, you know, t to me, how much my nerve is, it's, it's I don't, to me, it would be something more like a, a more physical word is, is what I would have preferred. Do you think that they went with nerve because it had less of an aggressive connotation than Ooh. to call it fight or combat or? Like robust to me or something. I don't know. Like, uh, so do you think it like it kind of brought it back so it's not aggressive? Maybe. Maybe they're trying to make it more about your, your it's gumption. It's not about you know? fighting. It's about like you're part of the secret society. I assume you're solving mysteries like Cthulhu. You're, you're paranormal or mysterious things, you know, artifacts, whatnot. I don't see it as a heavy combat game, so I can see them saying, "Yeah, it's not about the combat. It's it's different. It's not aggressive." So I think they, I think a word choice of nerve might have been intentional. Okay, just kind of soften some of the edges on it. Okay, yeah. mm -hmm. cool. Well, that under nerve you have move, strike, and control. So move is mm -hmm. your run, and it gives examples: run, dodge, navigate. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's cool that navigate is under that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Although later on, there's uh, under in, under the intuition drive, we have search, track, and spot. Mm -hmm. So I guess navigate is more like if you're 
you're you're in a city. You're not trying to track anyone so much as you're just trying to like get somewhere quickly. I'm guessing if you're like driving. I don't know if there's cars in this game. We'll see. Well, like, what if you uh you know you enter a house and you know you're trying to you know in your mind navigate the house and the floor plan and and by doing so maybe you detect there's a secret room. Ooh, okay, maybe. maybe. You know? So you have you have that. So under nerve we have move, strike, control. Okay. Mm-hmm. Under cunning, we have sway, read, mm-hmm. and hide. Sway being to convince, not to move back and forth rhythmically. <laughs> uh, you, know, <laughs> you sway, although you can do it that way. That may be how you get it done. It works for Michael Buble also was involved in the making of this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we can only hope. So cunning has sway, sway, read, and hide. Read is to gather motive, spot lies, interpret body language, hide mm-hmm. is to sneak, distract, sleight of hand, anything sneaky at all, and sway is your convince, or, uh, yeah, convince command and consort. Then we go to the drive of intuition, where we have survey, focus, and sense. Survey, search, track, spot, focus, inspect, analyze, remember, and sense is attune, channel, and reveal. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Attune, channel, and reveal. That's a little bit more. I reveal, I, I get. I think that's for your weird uh, class subclass because that was a cultist or medium, and I think that might be predominantly for for that area. I'm guessing it's more like knowledge based. Like, I bet the doctor has it too. I bet like the mm-hmm. do- if I go mm-hmm. down to uh, let's see, scholar. Yeah, they have one in sense. Yeah, and the specialty is professor. The professor is also that they can sense that they, they kind of have that big brain a going. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have your three drives. Each has three actions. Cool. Those actions are on a scale of one to three. That's it. And depending on what you are, a certain number of those little dots are filled in. And whenever that skill or that ability, or sorry, a- you call it actions. Whenever that action is called upon, you roll that number of D6s. And you take your highest result. So, you're only going to be rolling one to three dice. Oh, and if you don't have it at all, you roll two dice and take the lower result. Uh, or you can use your drive points, the new currency. This is the luck stat you get from Cthulhu. Uh, is the is the best approximation I've seen. Okay, so you have your drives. You have three of them. You have your three actions. Cool beans. Each of those drives has a certain number of like drive like points in blocks of three. All right. So if you're good at something, you may have three of them. If you're better, you may have six. And most is nine. That's the max on this character sheet. And I'm guessing you don't generally have that many in any given drive. You can use those to just add dice to your roll, but you expend them. They're gone. So I'm looking at the character sheet for Slink with a specialty of criminal. He has one move. So I want to roll more dice. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Neil is, is saying it's it's like Edge. I'm, I didn't want to bring Edge because Edge like, is a lot more powerful than this. It <laughs> can do a lot more shit. It's kind of Edge yeah. life from Shadowrun. If you're more, familiar, is, it's it's your it's luck, that, it's your bullshit it's, stat. It's that me- it's not a bullshit stat. It's <laughs> that mechanic because the same reason if you don't have any dots in it, you can still roll for it. It's because everybody should have a chance to do anything. You may not succeed, but you should still be given the opportunity to try. Yes. And sometimes you miraculously succeed. And I so I don't really think of it as like a a, a a bullshit mechanic. I think it's trying to emulate possibility, like what we have in in general day to day life. 
I wasn't trying to insult it by calling it bullshit. I was trying yeah, to say this is like call when some bullshit goes bullshit, right. Bullshit, I will come at you. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, with everything I have. Okay. <laughs> but it's the it is the uh, it is the add the uh, add a straight number. So if you have move, if you're the and you're the criminal, you get one mm-hmm. dice, and you're hoping for a five or six or a four, five or six, and hopefully a six. Well, with drive, you can add more dice. You don't get to do it before afterhand. You have to do it before. And if you are if you have no little like filled in bubbles on that action, mm-hmm. then you can instead of rolling two dice and taking the lowest result, just roll straight drive. You can just add however many drive you want. And once they're gone, they are gone. They except aren't, though, you can replenish them. I, that's what it was an except. There is no well. You just said once they're gone, they're gone. That sounds so final. It's not that way at all. I said the word on. except. If you, I said except, and you're like, aha! You overly I'm delivered finality before your accept. Go on. The power of the comma. Uh, uh, you. The unseen so, comma. Except, do you wish to talk about it? Go. I, I, the gilded die. This is the one-off. This is a special the happy fun die. die. So when you do a drive roll, okay, you're gonna you're gonna be buffing up your dice pool. You add in one little odd dice. They call it the gilded die. They have a, a particular gold die they use in the video, which I assure you we've for sale and find bookstores everywhere. <laughs> and so you roll your dice, and that die mechanically uh, is is just another dice when you're looking at your roll. But if you choose that dice as your result, you get one drive back. Now, if you roll a five or six or four. Great, you choose to die, you get the you get the result, you get your drive back. But what happens if you roll a six on a different die and it's a four or a five? Well you could take the six, or you could take the golden four as your result and have a limited success or a success with an exception, but get your drive back. It 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 introduces an extra little mechanic and an extra little fun choice you get to make to replenish drive if you feel you'll really need it later on. If this is not the role you care about failing so much, or you just got super lucky, you can finagle your way. And I kind of like it, but how do you... It, to me, it feels weird. I'm not sure how I feel. I, I'm borderline liking it. Do you think it kind of gives you too many bites at the apple to succeed? Yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't, that's part of me that you, doesn't like it. there's no, like... That's, you know, there's too many ways I can win the role. So it kind of feels like you have less of a failure, which failure is part of these games. You you will need to fail sometimes. That's what makes the drama. But it did to me when I was watching this uh, how-to, it was like, it does make it seem there's a lot of different ways to work out so you will always succeed. Yeah, the majority of the time. I which, do. That's a fun thing for some people. I I agree with you. I think that's a fair criticism, and I I do like it imposes a devil's bargain sometime. I I would live for that as the GM. My my player rolls a, a six, and then their drive comes up a three, four, five, whatever, and not a mm-hmm. six, and they have to make a decision: Do I want to take a hit on this roll, or do I want this drive? Mm-hmm. And these dice pools are small. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like your your drive can be eaten up quite quickly. So I mm-hmm. I do like that part, but yeah, it does give you some extra bites. That's the perfect way of saying that: extra mm-hmm. bites at the apple. So th- th- there's that. All right. Now yeah. we get to the part that rips off uh, Chew, and maybe Blaze wow. in the Dark Let's not so not much. Let's say rips off. Let's say inspired. Inspired by. by. 
There uh, we go. <laughs> in the middle of your the middle third of your character sheet, you have your role and your specialty. Each one will have a list of abilities, and you choose one. All right, so the slink has scout, which is the only one that's available in the quick start, so we don't know what the hell the other ones are. But it says if you have time to observe a location, this is this is under the scout ability that's this filled in. If you have time to observe a location, you can spend one cunning, one of your little drives, to ask a question. Examples. What do I notice here that others do not see? What in this place might be of use to us? What path should we follow? So a little GM point, right? A little help from the from the gods above. You throw in one of your one of your drives, and I believe that the slink has six drive points in cunning. Their cunning has six drives. So very high, so it's not the worst thing in the world to cough one up. You know? So, okay. Cool. Under criminal, Mm -hmm. they have two options available, and you would choose one. One is street smarts. You know how to keep an eye on your surroundings. Whenever you make a survey roll, you may spend any drive instead of only using intuition. So survey... That's a survey role that's going to fall under intuition, and you would use intuition uh, drive points to buff that role. Well, our slink does not have any drives in intuition. However, if you check that street smarts box, you can use any of your six cunning drive points or your three nerve points to buff that specific role. So that or that ah, specific action. That action goes from being completely unbuffable to you to being buffed by any of your damn points. Or you could choose leverage. On a successful read roll, you may ask the GM what your target truly wants. On any sway rolls you make using this information, you also add your current cunning resistance. And that was another thing. I probably talked about that a minute ago, but uh, you have resistances in this game. And so... A lot like the three drives, they are affiliate. Each one's affiliated with a drive, and you can have up to three points of resistance, right? Nerve, cunning, intuition. That's our big three, right? So our slink has one resistance in nerve, two in cunning, none in intuition. It kind of matches their drive points, frankly, uh, in in uh, in proportion. First being three, then six, then zero, and their resistances are one, two, and zero. So resistances allow you to narratively push back on the GM. That's it. That's all that I could get from that, right? That's what I saw in the video. Did you have anything on resistances? I don't feel they really did address resistances too much, no. Um, but yes, this this game does have a lot of ways that you can uh, you can buff. Buff yourself, but I don't see why you're upset. You shouldn't be upset by that. You're a person who says, if I build a character to do the one thing, I should never fail at doing that one thing. That's my thing. And I think that's why this is there, to to help ensure that your thing is always achievable. It's Yeah, so this... So when, when you look at everything holistically, okay, mm-hmm. to me, and I see we have our three main sections called drives... And those drives each have drive points you can use to buff the roll. And then when you do the roll, you have a 50% chance of some type of success. All right? Mm-hmm. One third unqualified, two thirds not. 
So most of the time, you're not straight succeeding. But uh, more than half the time, you're probably going to be okay with just one dice roll. Okay? You start getting two and three dice, your chances of having a success go very high. Mm -hmm. And then even if you fuck it up, you have resistances Mm -hmm. that allow you to narratively push back on whatever happened, on whatever failure has occurred. Okay? And I want you all to keep this in your brain. Mm-hmm. Last but that there's and there's one thing I want to bring in real quick. Let's say you uh, get hurt or fucked up. You have your body, brain, and bleed, right? So you have these three types of damage. These, these, and if you get this is very blades in the dark. When one fills up, you become incapacitated. You take a scar. You move one of your little stat circles from one to the other to reflect the change in who you are, and you erase that little box. At four scars, you're dead or permanently done. Okay. All of this together says. We do not want you to die, and we do not want you to, to unqualify uh, to to just. We, we don't want you just to win. We don't. There's. It's none of your characters will just be crushing sixes all the time, and you probably won't fail many dice rolls. And if you somehow do fuck up a dice roll, the you, use one of your resistances to narratively push back. It's kind of like a like half a point. You know, it's kind of like when you roll and you have an un- and you have a success with a problem. This is like a problem with a success, right? It turns the- it turns your failure back into something kind of like okay. Is that what does that what you're kind of reading mm-hmm. from it as well? Okay, yeah. yeah. So instead of being I'm, a success with, with a fail, it's a fail with yeah. a success. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is what I did not like about Blaze in the Dark. Every single roll, there was this whole system with all these things, and this thing has a big system with all these things. The end result is. You will constantly be having successes with problems. And so it will always be this kind of, you know, kind of whack. To me, it's a, little, it's a bit wackadoodle. And maybe that was just my interpretation. Wackadoodle. <laughs> it's very like, oh, well, you get the window, but then this happens. And you, oh, well, okay, well, this all, oh, but then this happens. And oh, well, you get the, the, the MacGuffin, but then the thing happens. And you're like, motherfucker, it's exhausting. It's, <laughs> it's life. I, I I succeed, but there's always a some kind something else that pops up that that is now an obstacle, you know. So I mean I get that, but let me let me throw this out there to you. The reason we want to always have the players have a better chance at succeeding and not dying is because this game is not meant for the crunch loving player. This game is meant for the role-playing player. They want to role-play. They don't want to be hindered by the dice. So we built the system to where the dice are very, you know, you can manipulate it things and, and make it so you get that partial success, but with a thing. But that thing is just seen as a good thing because, oh, I can role-play more now because of this hiccup, this, this obstacle or whatever. I think that might be what this game is about. Yes, and you can just play Fiasco. You can just play Fiasco. You don't roll anything. Because just like in Fiasco, the dice are better because you don't roll them. They're not going to make money doing Fiasco. <laughs> and you can't they sell dice. they made their own game. <laughs> their own goddamn game. <laughs> I, I, oh, and uh, I forgot this part. I forgot one part. You get your scar. Great. And that's gear. And just like Blades in the Dark... You get gear as you need it. So the characters have about four, like have there's like three or four things, like blood, like bleed detectors. I don't know what the fuck that is, or blood files. I'm guessing blood does something in this game. All the characters have this on their sheet, and then each character has like two or three things that's specific to their specialty and role. Okay, 
But do you have this gear? Do you not have this gear? You have it if you need it. It's like you're in the situation and you're like, actually, I I brought this burglary equipment. It's one of the check boxes. I had this this burglary yeah. equipment the whole time, and you get you get up to yeah. three of them to check off for your character mm-hmm. to have their shit. So again, you check you, it you off don't... before you go on your assignment. Do you so check like, it off before? Right, it's it's not like not at the beginning of the game, but like, all right, we're gonna go do the thing. I'm gonna take this, this, and this, and then no, you come back, right. and then I'm not right. No. Okay, you, go on again. It's, it's in the moment. It's, oh shit, I need burglary equipment because I'm in front of a fucking door with a lock on it. Oh, Surprise, wow. it's in my backpack. It's summoned. It's You had it okay. the whole time. It's the narrative thing of how James Bond always has the exact gadget for the exact problem he has. Maybe it's maybe I just took it the wrong way when the guy yeah. explained it in the, the quick start. But he's like, you don't, like, it's not permanently. You just do it before you go out on the assignment. Okay. That's how I took it is it can always change, except it is what you choose when you go on the assignment, not you're on the assignment you can just take from. But that's just an interpretation of the the same video that we watched. So maybe that's that's it. But go on. Okay. uh, So there's that. I think I've gone over most of the sheet. Oh, at the bottom, there's illumination keys. I do like Mm. this. I I legit think this is neat. Uh, The illumination keys are... Three little phrases of how your character gains XP. I, I don't know what the progression system is, or, or if we care, but it says, like for the the slink and our our criminal slink, it says do something illegal, make a deal, stand up to authority. So there's three ways. I I do wish there was more of this. I do wish, uh, especially in narrative games, but I wouldn't mind it in a in a more crunchy game where you had a character in a role and a class and a subclass and a whatever that had specific things you were supposed to do to achieve more like XP or more leveling or more progress. Because as much as I like crunch, I do like some roleplay. And I like things that reward some roleplay. And I think that's cool. And I think it's cool to get XP for specifically doing the thing. I would love, as, as a, if I was a sorcerer in D&D, getting experience points for, say, like blowing up five things with a fireball as opposed to just like you tinked the last zombie in the eye with like a dagger and that was the uh, that was a 1.25 gigahertz of xp and so you now magically become more knowledgeable in like ice bolts any 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 experience thing that goes along with the actions i'm taking directly really appreciate it a lot more than xp i don't even use xp in my dnd game as crunchy as i am i just use it thematically like hey we've kind of like mount we've kind of like you know achieved a big goal you all level up. For some reason, you know how to cast Wall of Fire now. I like that part. What do you What do you think? And, and again, that goes to really promoting the role play of the game. You don't get rewarded for smashing and killing and and you know being the bull in the china shop. You get your reward when you use your words, not your actions. So uh, to me, it's really trying to push the role play aspect of the game more so than we're just going to roll dice and we're just going to do combat. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Which, you know, critical role is very big on their role play. I I like narrative. I'm not, I'm crunchy. I love narrative and I love Mm -hmm. role play. I also like my dice to have some, a little bit more meaning. I want to stack my character a certain way. And this feels like the die. And again, I haven't played it, but man, it feels like Blade in the Dark 
and it feels like there's all this work being done to make my dice not really there. Like they're not really there. You're gonna you're gonna like partially succeed and partially fail mm-hmm. on almost all of your fucking rolls. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like you yeah. have to really fuck this up to not do that. Yeah, yeah. Again, they don't want the you know the saying of the dice tell the story. They want the people to tell the story, not the dice. Yeah, pretty much. Now, do you enjoy that or not is is the question. But I think it's a great setting. It does. It is inspired by Cthulhu, it seems. And it's also inspired by Blades of the Dark. So I I would be willing to, to give it a go. I would, too. Maybe I'm being a little harsh. Maybe I just didn't enjoy Blades of the Dark. I did not like the Blades in the Dark setting. And it's weird. If you describe the setting, it seems like it's kind of steampunky. Yeah. I, I just didn't. What I didn't like is you're hemmed into one city. Like the entire world is just one city. Yeah. And everything outside. And then and, and maybe I'm just too small brained. And I should realize that really that the, that a world is the city. It's just the world is as big as you make it. The city is as big and as wild as you make it, mm-hmm. but not really. I kind of like the. I, I want to yeah, go out in the yeah. woods sometimes, and but then I come mean, back to the city. You, you know? don't have to adhere to that setting. I mean, you can have a lot of the the flavors you like, but it doesn't have to be an enclosed city if you don't want it to be, it could be anywhere. Uh, you know, yeah, when you play Blades, but I did like on Blades in the Dark two things. The gang advancement, you're part of a gang, so the gang gets advancements and you can move up as a gang. I didn't want to, I just want to role play my character. I don't want to worry about organizational management. Yeah, I, I highly agree. Our empire. <laughs> uh, and number two was the flashback. To me, that was the biggest cheat. Describe the flashback like for people like me who have a bad the memory. The flashback was. You go to do the thing, and oh no, you can't get in any of the lower windows, but there's a second story uh, window that's open. Oh, flashback, I grabbed uh, a grappling hook on the off chance that we would need it. Well, that's how the gear works. Well, that's true. They had that. That was insane. There's that weird thing where you can just say, oh, I, I, I. Oh, all the doors are locked. I can't get in. Oh, flashback. I paid a maid, uh, you know, a shilling, and she's going to open the door at 8 o'clock, and that's how we're going to get in. I mean, And that's what I mean, that kind of a cheat. The GM puts an obstacle, and you just get to, oh, flashback. And it's like, hmm. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. I don't like it. But, yeah. That's and that's the same thing with the gear though. Blades in the Dark had that gear issue. Yeah, had the and it gear also had it well. with uh, the flashback and having so it's just twice as much bullshit. Yeah. Um, and the gear is less egregious. I'm kind of okay with your character having like what gear they would have. The flashback thing was was bullshit, and uh, having both is like hyper bullshit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that I like the setting. I like I like the interplay of the the uh, the the modernity of the city. Mm-hmm. And the how wild things are going to be like that, that. It never was more stark than about the turn of the century to about 1920, where cities were so far advanced. And then once you go outside the city limits, it's just like dark forest, rural villages, 
you know, they're, they're, this is pre-interstate. This is, uh, you know, pre-rural electrification. There is mm-hmm. nothing out there. Like the cities are 1900 to 1920. Mm-hmm. The rural areas are like 1810. Like there is, there's yeah. nothing there. You know, it it really gets nothing. Fa- like you could yeah. have a, a Cthulhu creature go out and oh, yeah. wipe out a village, and no one would know for like a day, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be a problem. Yeah. No, like I said, I think the setting's great. The some of the rules. I mean, if you don't want a crunchy game, and you really really enjoyed the role playing aspect, this is the game to play. If you're a crunchy player. And you have been told you need to role play more. This might be something to immerse yourself in to help develop that skill. Yep, and doesn't blades? It's it's powered by the apocalypse, right? And mm-hmm. so it's got the whole: if you're good at the thing, you have a D10, and if you're shitty at the thing, you have a D4. Mm-hmm. That that whole thing. I am not as huge a fan of that. I like mm-hmm. D6s in general. They're mm-hmm. available and they're cheap. And they make math easy. So <laughs> Okay. But yeah. uh Can- Candela Obscura is built on illuminated worlds. That's the system, correct? Yes, that's what they've called. That's what they've called the their system. Their new system. So this is their new like fuck you this... PBTA. They 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 want to have the next PBTA. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, it's brilliant, to be honest. It it, it it's yeah. This whole th- this whole move is brilliant and some people i think are automatically assuming they're doing this because of what wizards of the coast did that is not true it takes a long time to develop a game wizards of the coast pulled their shenanigans january february and then again they did some more shenanigans with the pinkertons in april early may this was all in the works well before any of that happened so and it made sense because they have their own intellectual property in in critical role the streaming product right but it's attached to this other ip that is owned by hasbro wizards of the coast D. so it's kind of like it made sense since they're they are a juggernaut on twitch they have a lot of fans. And yes, Leo, you're right. Their episodes on, it's way too long. I'm not going to sit there for four or five hours. I don't have the time. But I think because they have a huge following, it's going to make more sense business-wise for them to have their own system. Yep. And, <laughs> and here we go. themselves from, and... This just, I mean, the stars just lined up for them because with Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro pulling their shit, a lot of fans are pissed now and they'll be looking for something else. And it's going to be, it's going to be what critical role, because that is one of the entry points into D&D is, oh, you watch critical role, you like it, you're going to try this, you're going to try D&D. It's uh, I think the video, some of the videos I saw denoted that uh, Critical Role was an entry point for a lot of people. Stranger Things on HBO was the biggest entry point. It's what spiked the most searches about D&D and brought in a lot of people. But that is ending 
I believe final season is and is wrapping up and they'll no longer have that. So, I mean, they're kind of primed to be like they're they're primed to take their the reins over themselves and have their intellectual property be based off of their intellectual property of a system. And they don't have to worry about Wizards of the Coast or Hasbro pulling any shit. Or anybody else ever again is the yep, they what they're doing. Own all never of again. This is mm-hmm. our baby and we're gonna be us. Yep. And we're gonna get all the money. We're not we're not gonna split shit. It's gonna be our I get that that's what this if this was just a home game, if they were playing because they went from Pathfinder originally to D D. And I think that they sat down and it's a combination of wanting a more narrative style of play that D&D is okay at, but not the best at. If this were just a home game, they would be playing Powered by the Apocalypse, if not Blades in the Dark. But they don't want to have another name. They want to own the goddamn thing. This is the big legacy move. This is the, you know, the, the, the big hope is in the future, mm-hmm. Critical Role is a footnote. And that there's this big juggernaut company called Powered by Illuminated Worlds that they just sit back and like their grandkids collect royalties off yep. of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's what that's what that's what we're doing. You know, we're not we're not trying to make money by having to always work. We want to make a system and we own the system. This is, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, going from being like the rapper to the guy who to like Jay Z who owns the entire goddamn recording mm-hmm. studio. That's what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. And I think it's great. I think it's cool. To me it's Blades in the Dark with a better setting and a better system. Yeah. I don't like this system as much as some other systems. Mm-hmm. But I I like it okay, and I can see myself playing it. I could give it a shot. I, I'm not yeah. as I, I've tried to stretch my legs. I played Fiasco, which is like not it, it just it's just pure. It's, Fiasco is as close as you can get mm-hmm. out of a game and into just improv without. It, it's got one. It's got one toe in the. This is a a role playing game, as opposed to this is role playing play pretend fun with friends. And I, it was a weird zone, and I enjoyed it. So maybe I shouldn't be. But yeah, this this is Blades in the Dark V two, but we own it. That's <laughs> what this is. Yeah, no, I I think it I think it's great. Now Leal has a question: Will the Matt Mercer hero worship color the fans' reviews of the new system? Yes. Oof, will it? Will it? Will it? Will it? I don't think so. What do you mean? Uh, every it seems like anything this man does, people think it's a genius and brilliant. So yeah, but there's always a, a contrarian vibe in things. And yeah, people but those who are actually, the people they don't want playing their game anyway. Yeah, yeah, fucking nihilistic <laughs> motherfuckers. We want half of people who like friends and other human beings mm-hmm. and aren't introverted fucktards. Man, uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I think people in the D and D community and the role playing community. Mm-hmm are not known for their extreme loyalty to Jack or shit. Even even the the the, the soft tufted haired Matt Mercer himself. I so I wrong. think if if people play this game, legit play it and review it, I think that it might add an extra bonus point on a scale of one to ten. But I do think, generally speaking, when I've seen reviews of things, like in my experience when I've looked at at reviews of D and D modules, or I have looked at reviews of other games, frankly, from people who do like games. Mm-hmm. I have found their experience and their reviews to be rather accurate and not tinge. And I'm not always looking for the top names, although I think those will carry weight. 
So yeah, I expect you know heavies in this community to play this game and review it and to do so, you know, fairly. So I don't know, and it's not a complicated game. It's not like you're either gonna like it or you're not. Is how I, f- I think this is gonna go. But I think more people, if they really are a fan of Mercer and Critical Role, they will easily adopt this because it'll be. It, it it's like you know it's it's Moses giving you the the commandments. It's it's it, Mercer's is Jesus on the mount telling you to play this game. I mean they're gonna do it. They're making 14 million a year on Twitch. They have a million people viewing on Twitch. They have a huge, huge market base, and they are going to market. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll see. I mean, like, I, I'm reminded. I'm reminded of uh, our old player Boz, who loved Critical Role, uh-huh. but also we put a highly narrative game in our Shadowrun game, and he was a little like sketch on it. And I and like we both kind of like revived and like, do we ever get to shoot anything? God damn. You know, <laughs> so so you can have both kinds. So I feel like Boz is the kind of person who might chafe under the actual game, but enjoy the story being told. Mm-hmm. And you can have that. It's not you don't have to be the same kind of person. Mm-hmm. I am crunchier, and I don't like radio shows, uh, which is what that show is. It's just like the Grey Ghost from 1940. <laughs> it's the same thing. They invented the radio serial. We basically uh, put out a radio show ourselves. So let's. Throttle back on on dissing radio shows. Radio shows are great. You should give them Patreon money. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. I appreciate them. I I just didn't. You know, I like them. You're in two of them, so you might want to backtrack. (laughs) I'm just. I just wish you would call them what they are. Like like when podcast came, I didn't know what a podcast was, and I realized it was just a radio show. I was like, oh, yeah, it's just a radio radio show, show. but it has MP3 on it. Okay, it's like a radio show. It's a podcast. podcast. <laughs> Do I have to You're buy funny. a special device? Do I have to get a pod with which it casts to? Anyway, I'm old. Just need an alarm clock so you can show up on time. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Fucking burning people. We're burning people today. Well, you're in a podcast with me in two different games, motherfucker. So, ha. Like, <laughs> three if you can't miss. <laughs> It's the other people that I'm drawn to. Fucking <laughs> 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 <sighs> uh, um, Hoosiers. Fucking Hoosiers. I, like I said, I think this is brilliant. I did one person, uh, one video I watched, this gentleman was like, kind of weird. Like, they're, the system's a, a D6 pool, and that's weird, right? Like, are they abandoning the D20? And I guess a fan pointed out their logo is a D20. They can't abandon the D20. So we think that Dagger Heart may be a D20 system. But they say that both games, the Candle Obscura and, and Dagger Heart, are both powered by this illuminated world. So... How is one a D6 pool and one going to be a D20 pool? So I'm curious to see how that's going to work out. I am thinking that they're just using their Critical Role logo and did not think about that. They took Critical really? Role, slapped Dagger Heart on it, and whatever the fuck they call it a day. Wow. Because it would be weird for your logo to be a D20 and you don't ever use it. 
Uh, you can upgrade to a D20 system for a nominal fee. Yes, there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can just see them changing it. <laughs> I, can, I can just see them changing it later on. Where mm-hmm. like As time evolves, if this thing works out, they change yeah. the logo. and mm-hmm. they, Right now, the logo is doing the work of carrying critical role. Mm-hmm. And it will, they'll, they'll, you're not tied to a logo. Logos change, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I would hope not because the D20 is fucking dumb. Like there's there's a reason that literally no one uses a D20 outside of Pathfinder, which is D&D based, and D&D. Like no one has mm-hmm. ever gone back. People have gone to D10s. I've mm-hmm. seen D8s. Mm-hmm. Tons of D6s out there. I've even seen the occasional D4. I have never seen a D20 come back up. I like Cthulhu, because it would use a D3. See how hard it is to find a D3 die? Yeah, that's that's dumb. That's dumb. It's not dumb. It's Cthulhu. <laughs> you know, like, it never has something been said with so much, or with, with so little conviction. It's not, it's not dumb. Quit it. It's Mer. not dumb. <laughs> no, don't stop it. Quit it, it looks guys. like a weirdly shaped bean, but it's not dumb. Just take a D6 and just make one, two, one, two, three, four, two, and no, fucking five, six, three. No, it's got three sides. <laughs> 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 so this is, they're, yeah. they're going to be at Gen Con. Or someone is. They're going to be at Gen Con. I'm surprised why they're not going to be at Origins. I mean, granted, Gen Con is the bigger con, and I, I guess that might be the better place to kind of showcase it. But I wonder if they're just doing a low-key, like, soft open at Origins. It, I'm guessing. It feels weird, like, to me. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm, I'm not a marketing exec, but I've just come out with this game. I've announced it shortly before Gen Con. I'm going to be at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. I think that what I would do is I would be blasting the fucking klaxon horns. She's like every time I pulled up a video on YouTube that mentioned role playing games, I should see an ad saying "Come see us at Gen Con." I haven't heard shit, uh, or or that they would have like a section blocked off, like like, like when Pathfinder Two came out, Paizo bought out like a fucking third <laughs> they they, oh, they yeah, had like they the pie it was our first it was our first gen con mm-hmm. so i didn't understand the scale and i was like man fuck paizo bought like half like they bought a th- the, the top third of the building is paizoville it has a, it has a zip yeah. code and never before have i seen someone do that usually the uh like the check games will have a fairly big section they've done that the two other times i've gone maybe it was all three but yeah paizo bought the whole fucking thing these guys have money like you have a successful TV show, buy, pick the big booth, have the books on sale. Like when uh, when Cyberpunk Red came out, they had a whole section. When Shadowrun Six came out, Catalyst, as much as they don't give a shit about Shadowrun, had like a big ass section where they were selling the books and they were pumping product. So maybe I'm missing some press. Maybe there's still some exhibition hall shit that I'm not privy to, and they'll have a big blob. I don't know. But I would be I would be coming big, right? Like this is it. This is your chance to like win. Well, I'm searching the events. Yeah, nothing. I didn't see shit. I think I think I looked in the events and didn't see a damn thing. That blows my mind. I would be like demoing shit. Why were they? Yeah, like why aren't they having? I put in I put in the name of the game. I put in Critical Role. I mean, I'm not getting anything for this game. At this point, I'm just trying to like come up with reasons why not. Like maybe they had all their money in Sam Bankman Freed and his crypto went fucking sideways yeah. and they don't have any money. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> we don't have any marketing money. 
That is really weird because, I mean, why make the announcement we're going to be there but not have any events where people can play test or can try it? I mean, why not rent a, a room? Yeah, why not like, rent a room and watch people play it? I mean, I, I'm that's bad marketing, so... I maybe it's just not like, ready. I see nothing. Maybe it's just not. Maybe they have the quick start book up, but they don't have like it fully play tested and published. Because if they showed up to there with a finished product and they had an area, there would be a line. They would be shipping books yeah. out of there in crates. Okay. If you announce I'm gonna we're gonna be at Gen Con, I expect a book. Yeah. So at if, Gen if, Con yeah. that I can purchase and take home. And then I will very much purchase and take home. <laughs> but if you're at Gen Con and you have a book, why do you not have any events to sit down? And, and it's not like it's a hard game to learn. I mean, I don't understand why there are no events. So I'm going to have to dig into that mystery a little deeper because there should be something here. There, <sighs> should, be. there should be some event. Why announce you're going to be there? Yep. If you aren't going to. Unless they're doing it in the vendor hall, unless they're setting up tables there for you to play right there in the open so everybody can see. That, that I would love. I would love to just watch a game demoed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's well, I, I wish them the best. I wish yeah. them the best. I like seeing new games come out. I'm kind of OK. This is there's things I like about Blades in the Dark. A lot I didn't. This is better than that. So hey, cool. Maybe we're maybe we're getting some shit I would like, and I can pull my my own head out of my ass and and play it. Um, yeah, and and Dagger, I do think it's interesting they're coming out with. Let me say how, how would I put this? They've come out with their system, but unlike other general systems that have failed, like there's two there's two types of general systems in my experience. Either there's shit like GURPS, which is we're going to make a generic system, and it never does shit. Okay. <laughs> Or it's a system that's like made to do something else. Like Savage Worlds is a game, and then they built on top of it like Deadlands. Like it's a mod of Savage Worlds, right? Like Savage Worlds was always kind of be general. Was always like you can see in their text they're trying to make it a generalist game, but it doesn't feel like it's fully fleshed out. Maybe, and then you come out with like Deadlands. What they're doing is they're coming. They're not coming out with the system. Like come by our Illuminated World system. They're coming out with Candela Obscura, right? And then they're going to come out with Daggerheart and probably some other genre, and maybe that's what they're waiting for. Maybe they're waiting to, de to develop two or three games that kind of hit the big genres of games, and then they, they show up at Gen Con next year and crush it. I, I just don't know. I don't know either. Let me look for Darrington. Nothing. Huh? Uh... So weird. Why is there nothing? Are they even listed in the game systems? This is so weird. Why would you not have any events? Or are your events coming later? Little like, seven just too big. That they're just they're just so big that maybe they just couldn't work it out. That the only way for them to be at Gen Con huh. and not cause a big fucking problem. Is if they were Paizo big, and maybe they're not Paizo big, right? Maybe it's either <laughs> like, like if you if you show up here as just a regular booth, you're gonna like fuck up the game, <laughs> like fuck it up. I'm not saying the members of Critical Role have to be there, but surely 
making $14 million a year on Twitch, they can pay some people to yeah, demo like, the game. Yeah, right? yeah I, see, I see what Lil's saying about how they, they can't be there themselves. I totally get that. They, they all have iron yeah. in the fire and they have shit to do like being wealthy. You know, being wealthy is hard. You got to <laughs> go to Miami and then you got to go somewhere else when it gets cold or when it gets hot. So, yeah, but like have somebody else. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like pay, 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 you know, pay some, you know, stringy haired teenager to run some fucking game. That's what everybody else does. You know, I can't get into the game. And, and hey, say what you will about Cyberpunk Red. The guy who made it, who's like got to be in his 60s now, shows up and runs a game every Sunday and has stringy haired teenagers running games during the week. It's mm -hmm. great. He mm -hmm. fucking reps. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No, there's no Illuminated World. There's no Darrington. There's no candle obscura there's nothing there's nothing the fans would have i don't know a little is saying that the fans would have an adverse reaction to the absence of mercer i think you're being too harsh on them man i like to talk shit i don't think they would show up to the new game being demoed and be like matt mercer matt like chanting and shit you know i, I don't know i can see them uh Again, I, I don't uh, see them doing that having a like riot a psychotron they're all professional actors in some form maybe they have contractual i'm not saying the members of critical role i'm saying i'm i'm part of critical role i've made a new system i've i'm going to debut it at gen con but i'm not going to have any events i'm not going to pay people to GM some games, to demo the game. I'm just going to have a booth and sell the book. That doesn't make sense to me. So we'll have to see what happens at Gen Con. And I'm, 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 uh, I, I am going to be going to Origins, so I will see if it's there as well. They're going to have a, uh, this is going to happen. They're, they're going to have one tiny booth or like mid-sized booth. There's going to be one person in it. In every square inch of space, not taken up by the physical form of that person, will be these books, and they will sell every goddamn one. Maybe that's why they're not going. They don't have to. We could put. Mm. We, it could just be forty-five pages of "fuck you," mm. and it'll just sell out, and they're to get their money anyway. They don't need. I don't to like that. <laughs> I don't like that idea I like at all. It. Yeah. You are not so big that you don't have to come and. I mean, you got to do a little. I think you got to do a little bit more. You've got to have some events. When you say you had, do you think that this will impact their sales, or do you are you are you making a moral argument? I it, just from a good business standpoint, if you have a new product, you got to sell it. You can't just rely on. You need to you need to demo it. You're at Gen Con. It's about playing the game, not going up and buying the book. I mean, I should be able to demo the game and go. This is awesome. I'm gonna go buy the book. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. We we shall see. Because hey, I'm probably gonna crack? buy the book. Leo just put ha 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 jupe moral. What? She I'm is all oh, the morals. She is. She is. I'm not saying they're consistent, but she has them strongly. Ah. <laughs> Depends <laughs> she on my is, mood. <laughs> she has lots of opinions about what what people ought to be doing in mm -hmm. the gaming space. Yes. And I I have never found myself so encumbered. <laughs> I have all the morals. I have enough morals for both of us. There we go. <laughs> Aw, thank you, Lil. No. <laughs> I am super stoked about events. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a little stoked about this because it looks like an okay. I'm 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 five of ten stoked on this. Okay, I don't hate it. I'm like, all right, 
looks solid, looks okay. Okay. Let me ask you this. What you got? What's the price got to be for you to go, yeah, I'll buy it? God, uh, I, hate, I hate that question because I know I don't have willpower. <sighs> Fuck. Here, here's what would the price be? It would have to be under fifty. If it's under fifty, Leo says twenty nine ninety nine. You're saying forty nine ninety nine or less. Now we've seen some RPG books, game system books that have kind of gone up to seventy or eighty dollars. Yeah, Dune RPG book last year, Gen Con was eighty bucks, and I was like, I love me some Dune. I don't love it that much. It depends on the quality of the book. If it's like a beautiful, beautiful, I mean, I I do like my RPG books. I have Blades in the Dark. I have Shadowrun Six. I don't even like these fucking games. I just mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's a thing I like to collect. And so if it's like a beautiful, nice book, that will knock me up to that fifty dollar price. If it's like soft back, decent print, I I'll be I'd be more in that thirty dollar range. Mm. Okay. What if it's like a a leather bound tome? Looks like some ancient book. Then that's and it's no, 75. no, no, that's too because I would have to love the game. Like I, I don't even want to if because if you have a leather bound book, it means mm. you love this motherfucker. Like <laughs> I, I, and, and I don't. Like leather I would buy. Love? Okay. Yeah, if I had a, if, like, <laughs> I, I would buy a leather bound like D and D fifth edition player's handbook or D and D one player's hand whatever the fuck they come out with because I do love D and D. It has mm. grown on me a lot. I think fifth edition was a huge success, and uh, yeah, Hasbro's great, and I'm gonna go buy some of their stock. Like that, that's I, <laughs> I do, I do think Hasbro will find a way to fuck it up, but I have uh, had some great times in that game. I could see Shadowrun fifth edition, but I would uh, rather just pay them leather prices and then edit the fucking thing and make a less shitty game. Mm-hmm. Psychotron is saying he wouldn't pay eighty for an RPG book. Leal, I think, is saying. Thirty nine ninety nine for a hardback. I would pay $100 for a uh, a wow. leather-bound tome of Shadowrun 5th Edition, but it has been patched and cleaned and fixed by all of, like, like all of the most common house rules would just be, like, be, would be a part of the book. Like, all the fixes that people do, mm-hmm. boom. That I'd probably spend money on. Yeah. An actually if... good <laughs> version. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Leo says, uh, all jokes aside, Critical Role will have the D&D Beyond system set up within five to ten years. And no one will say shit because of unreasonable fandom. What does that mean? What, what, they'll have D&D Beyond set up. So they'll do their own D&D Beyond setup. Like D&D has D&D Beyond. They'll have their own kind of a setup. Really? Because the be character a- sheet's pretty simple. Like you don't need to. It's like fucking eight dots. Believe me, if there's a way to make people drive traffic to a website and have you pay a, a sub, they'll find it. They'll find it. Fair Don't enough. Worry. Don't worry. They will. I hope they're really smart because I think this would be really, really, really smart of them. They should have a case of books that everybody signed and they should sell those at a much higher price. Oh shit. But I bet you they won't. But they should. Cuz people will buy it. Their fans will buy it. The first the first edition of their very own game signed by everybody that you love in Critical Role, they'll pay they'll pay a lot for it. Yep. That would uh that would catch a pretty penny. Mhm. Mhm. 
<sighs> but if they were really caring about their fans, they would raffle them off and give the money to charity. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless they like listened to a Peter Singer podcast recently, I do not think that they're going <laughs> to do that today. But it's exciting. It makes a lot of sense for them to do this. They should definitely be using their own IP. They went to people who had previous experience building RPG systems. So I think that helped. They like the guy who did uh, Scum and Villainy was a part of this. And that game as well has a D6 pool. So he, you know, they, they went and got experienced people to work on this. I think this has been brewing for a while. I don't think this was just the start of this year. I'm going to say at least one year before they made this announcement that this whole process started and they've been working on it. But I I think it's a great, smart business move for them. And I think it has the potential to really, really hurt Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast. If okay. they decide to divorce themselves completely from D&D. Yeah, I think it uh, it's definitely a hit. D&D has taken on some water, and, mm-hmm. and this is part of it. Uh, Paizo, oh, yeah. I think some other companies are coming out with more systems that are different, mm-hmm. and like some, I think it's called Orc. And so there, people are trying to get away from D&D in various splintery ways. And Not D&D due is, to the system itself, just due to the management of the company. There, you're right. There's there's always been rumblings that there's issues with the D and D system, and that it's lo- like it's fine, but it, it should not be fifty percent of every goddamn thing. Like it's setting and system are not that good. It's it's because it's the Windows XP of fucking systems, and so those, it's, it's just here forever. Maybe this is enough. They've pissed off a lot of people. We'll see. I guess I I'm kind of neutral on that. I I like D and D, but just because of what it gives me, it's not like I'm not that romantic about it. Yeah. No, I think a lot of people, uh, I have, they, we're in a very tumultuous time. We're very anti-capitalism. We don't like to see people just, you know, money grub and uh, be profit mongers. And that's kind of what Hasbro and Wizards started the year with. And it kind of really pissed everyone off. And then the Pinkerton thing really pissed everybody off. That concerned Magic the Gathering. That the card system so they've made us some missteps and i think now that critical role one of the major avenues to get people into D doing this system is in shutting that door permanently from D. uh it is it is going to hurt them is it really going to screw up their plans for the future no i think they'll still push through but i i think we might see I think we may see a decline in D&D and, and a rise of newer, fresher, more innovative game systems. Okay. Here's, here's hoping. What, what, here's what system hoping. do you really want to have? Like, is there some system that's close to what you wanted? Is it Call of Cthulhu? What, what is your Cthulhu like? Call of a perfect game. What are you talking they about? They invented perfection and they were good. That's yeah. why there's why no Call of Cthulhu too. They got it yeah. right. Is that? They got it right. <laughs> No, they're on the seventh edition of uh, Cthulhu. Uh, they keep changing it. No, I, I think, I think my love of Cthulhu is because it was not the first RPG game I played, 
but it was the first one I ever DM'd. And it was just so easy to to be a, a DM, a GM for Call of Cthulhu. And I enjoyed the role playing that it, it brought forth. And I enjoyed, you know, making the creepy creepiness come alive, whether in props or sound or, or whatever. Uh, so I think that, I think it's more just a uh, sentimental reason that that is to me, that's, that's, that's the system that I like. Nothing to do with the rules or the crunch or the set, because the setting could be anywhere. It's literally just the, the sentimentality and I'm not often sentimental. So. Good enough. I can appreciate that. What about you? What is your magical crunchiness that you want to see? Like, how many spreadsheets are involved? <laughs> Just maybe two? Is that too many spreadsheets? Wow. One spreadsheet, two worksheets. or It's a workbook with two sheets. No, I want to see <laughs> a... Uh, you need a workbook to play this game. I, I'm walking away I, so fast. This is what I really want, mm-hmm. I think. This this is what I think would be cool. I want a, a, a game based around heists set in like the 19 like late 1970s like mid like somewhere in that in the era like computers aren't really a thing yet i i I mean hackers are cool but they're just they just fuck up the game and i just have determined you can't solve this problem easily so just fuck it just take them out and just have a a world where they're a heist and the 70s were cool you had cool cars you had like cool style and crazy sideburns the world, you can still kind of disappear in that world. That's the thing that we've lost in modern times. Like, if you watch a movie set prior to, say, like, 2000, you can just go be somewhere and you're out. Like, I was watching a Seinfeld episode. He makes a joke about how people want to go out. You know, you can't get him because he's out. That's no longer a phenomenon. Like, you could leave your house and just, there wasn't a tracker in everyone's pocket. There wasn't a cell phone in everyone's pocket. There wasn't a satellite shit. You could go out, you know, rural areas were still kind of rural. Uh, yeah, the interstate system though, and I don't know, you, you, kind of like a you know sort of a Deuce of Hazard style heist game. It's a little crunchy, a little shadowrunnery, but uh, yeah, that's what I want. Setting that, I think that's a good era, and I, and I think there's none there. There's Western games, there's high fantasy, there's futuristic, there's steampunk. I have never seen one game of any kind set in any time post World War One or Two. Up and then, but then, like, not modern times. I can't think of one that was set in the well, 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s, except Shadowrun, which is kind of the 80s. Um, maybe because there's no escape that's too close to current reality. Therefore, the 70s? My it's close. I mean, 50 you know, fucking years. <laughs> I know it's 50 fucking years. Believe me, I know. But what I'm saying is, where's the escapism? The, fast, the, the the crazy cars, the crazy music. I could do that now. You know, you, you cannot go... If you can get a 1976 oh, no. Corvette... Yeah, Dukes of Hazzard. Leo fucking, found it. The uh, Spirit Smokey of and the Bandit. Fuck yeah. Funky 70s tabletop role-playing game. That's the escapism. It doesn't have to be totally, you know, f- f- uh, the, the same for... The, it could be as... like Okay, Shadowrun was set in a kind of cyberpunkian era... Of the of the uh, of the eighties, you can have a similar vibe here. There was a game called Interstate seventy six that was I loved it. It was like decades old, and it was set in the seventies. You kind of had that like 
westerny vibe. You're out on the interstate, out on the road, running from the cop. The cops don't have like all the tools they have now. They don't have like black helicopters and SWAT teams and shit. That wasn't around. You had like county mounties, and that was about it. so you could kind of get away with some shit. Yeah, it was just it was it was a cool time. The style is cool. This is the escapism is being. Um, I guess that's what you're saying. It it would it, that the people are not radically different, and it's hard to kind of get into that '70s vibe because we don't have that many movies from the era. But I love the movies of the of that area, man. Fucking Taxi, or was it Taxi Driver? Yeah, it's Taxi Driver. Yeah, I like seeing the grittiness of that of that world. You kind of get that in the '80s as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's what I want. I want. A, I want a game set in the setting, and just no hacking. Just fuck it. I just want no. I just want a heist game oh, with no hacking. There, there we go. Role playing in the. He gave. Spirit oh, this 77 is a seven and game. Urban Nights. There you go. Holy There's shit! Two. U.S. Leo found. Combines over the top action, kung fu films, glam music, and classic sci-fi. Yes, glam music, kung fu. All right. Well, they're not very big. That's what I want. I want maybe that maybe this is the game that I want. We'll check this shit out. There you go. You'll have to see if you found a new game. So there we go. All right. Any, any closing thoughts? Several, but we can just wrap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's anticlimactic. See y'all. That's that, that's how many cliffhangers here. See, closing thoughts Several. will be the first part of next week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no closing thoughts. Excited for this. Always like asking? to see. No, I'm excited for this. I think it's exciting for the 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 gaming hobby. Uh, I don't think it's really. I don't think Hasbro or Wizard of the Coast are worried, but I think they should be. And um, I definitely think I would. Uh, I would give the one a try. Yeah, I would definitely give it a try. We'll I'm we'll not a diehard Critical Role fan. I did watch the first season of Vox Mechanica on Amazon, but that's like I don't watch the stream on Twitch or anything like that. Uh, I don't even know who the players are. I just know Matt Mercer. Uh, and that, I mean, but I'm still excited for this. Uh, I think it's interesting that they're doing this. I think it's the right move for them. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see where it goes. Cool. Well, there we go. There we go. Do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, I'm going to check it out. Have all the thoughts. I, I <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll <laughs> check it out at Gen Con, and we will find out what happens, and we will uh, see how Hasbro responds, if at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, and thank you, Leal and Psychotron, for hanging out with us and, and listening along and, and for doing all that Googling work for, for Cotton. Thank you. Goodbye, y'all. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>